Hey up friends, how's it going? It's Matty listening to episode 101 of the Looking Sideways Action Sports podcast. It's the show where I try and uncover the most interesting stories in action sports and other related endeavours. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Brave new era then, triple digits. I've got a real lovely one to start us off again. My interview with the filmmaker and photographer Chris McLean, uh, which I recorded at the London Surf Film Festival few weeks back in October 2019 I actually recorded two interviews at the London Surf Film Festival this year well apart from the Demi one which has already been out this one which went really really well and then another one which really didn't go that well at all and I'm still deciding what to do about that one and whether to release it or not so stay tuned um, but for now let's focus on Chris McLean the visionary filmmaker who won the viewers choice award at this year's festival for his latest feature, Translate. The film also had its premiere at the event in the form of a <coughs> um, audiovisual experiment which saw a band featuring CJ Mirror and Leanne Curran perform the soundtrack live as the film played. I was there for that and it was a beautiful, immersive experience and pretty typical of the way in which Chris likes to push himself with each new project. After all, getting your new film ready for its premiere is one thing up in the ante by throwing in the random element of a live band is another thing entirely. Yet the whole performance was brilliantly done and a testament to the vision and trust involved in Chris's partnership with CJ Mirror. Um, And they're talking about touring this. I very much recommend that you go and see it if they do because it was, uh, yeah, it was really great, especially in comparison to some of the other films that were on that night. Let me just say one in particular. Anyway, like many of you, I first heard of Chris with the films he made in association with Finisterre and he quickly became known for stuff such as Edges of Sanity, Uncommon Ideals and Atlantic Diversions, films which explored particular corners of surf culture and displayed a unique aesthetic really. I then watched in admiration as he joined forces with some of his other very talented friends to launch the magazine Backwash including friend of the podcast Noah Lane who's been on air. Um, It's a beautiful annual periodical that explores similar cultural territory to Chris's films, really. Again, I highly recommend you check out Backwash. If you've not, I took the liberty of uh, getting Chris to send one to David Carson, actually, because I thought David would very much appreciate what's going on with Backwash. Anyway, Chris is one of those single-minded, focused creatives that UK board sports culture tends to throw up. Very happy to plough his own cultural furrow and wait for the world to catch up with him which I'm happy to report it finally is. And that's why I wanted to chat to him for the show. And I'm glad I did because he's a lovely man and this is a really lovely conversation. Here it is, me and Chris McLean. Enjoy. I'm with Chris. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, this this spot is amazing. We're in a houseboat on the Thames, right? Yeah. And it's pretty cool. It's epic, isn't it? So we're, we're, we're kind of like Chelsea way, right? Yep, yep, in Chelsea, yeah. So is yep. this your regular little little spot when you're in town? It's the first time I've been here. It's uh, one of my friend's um, spots and he isn't in town, so he has lent me his houseboat for the weekend. It is great, isn't it? Does he live here full time? I He lives most time in, well, he splits his time between Devon and here and also... Um, he makes very regular trips to the northeast, which is where you, which is where I met him, which yeah. is where you know yeah. him from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of drive past this spot quite often, 
and you always like see these houseboats and it's a pretty nice kind of appealing lifestyle isn't it yeah it was funny in the night all of a sudden it it obviously the tide was out and it the tide was coming in and it just the boat just lifted right and it was like swaying and I, we can't, i kind of woke up i was like what's going on yeah it took a little time to get <laughs> yeah, used to yeah, it yeah i wasn't expecting that but yeah yeah so we're here so we were at the your it was the premiere of your film last night it was at yeah. the london surf film festival yeah uh translate yep. which was great thank you how are you feeling i'm feeling um i'm feeling good i'm feeling relieved that the premiere's out of the way you got um, that you got that blissful post deadline exactly yeah feeling yep um yeah yesterday was yeah uh, not stressful isn't the right word but like my heart was in my mouth pretty much the whole day like yeah like the kind of like butterfly exactly nervous thing energy yeah yeah Yeah. well you you definitely challenged yourself there because obviously the film is one thing and you work with um john cj yeah cj mirror on the soundtrack yeah and but then you they performed it live as well yeah which so it was does he prefer to be called john or cj CJ, i think cj musical term yeah um leanne leanne curran yeah uh and then like charles and ollie yeah so it's full band yeah and that's obviously like other layer of complexity and i'm assuming stress to to pull all that together it it definitely adds a level of stress that wouldn't be there if you just played a soundtrack yeah um but it it makes it so much more dynamic and um immersive if they are there because it's you know it's more electric because anything could go wrong you know um and even up until the point it's like do we have a backup plan if you know if we if something does go wrong you know and it didn't it, you know it sounded great so so you, so you work with cj you've worked with him on previous projects yeah so presumably that was from the beginning of this project you knew you were going to work with him and i knew from the outset i was going to work with cj um i didn't at the outset realize it was going to be a live score or a um yeah a live score basically so where did that idea come from was that his or your idea so that was his idea originally yeah. that stemmed from a previous project we did called chasing zeros which was a a, a more intensive project because it was a live um we were almost remixing the visuals live as well at the same time right and that was that was quite intense um experience but that so you were doing that sorry yeah right. i was playing and adding effects like and filters, visu- visually mixing visually well. mixing like a vj would sure our films whilst they were playing music as well and you did that in a live setting as well yes where yeah. was that so we played london san sebastian a place in the hebrides alante and uh, there was one of oh Ber- the fest the festival in Berlin right no, uh, yeah Berlin yeah so how was that 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 must have been like a real challenge that was a real challenge and it wasn't something I at any point felt particularly comfortable with either <laughs> it, um, it just totally took me out of my comfort zone and yeah it, it even now it gives me uh, you know it's like, it's hard doing those things isn't it because I've done I've like played in bands my whole life done countless gigs and done live stuff with this thing and don't think it gets any easier to to not find it uncomfortable personally for me anyway you know yeah i'm not particularly like 
super extroverted like hey look at me everyone you know what i mean yeah. like it, i think if you if you do enjoy that then definitely like you can get that out of it but it, it's definitely like an uncomfortable thing i yeah. find i think it's good to challenge yourself and make yourself uncomfortable well, i mean i guess that was the next question do you, is that what you think i think so yeah i think you only really challenge yourself when you feel uncomfortable if you've always felt uncomfortable you'll always do the same things whereas feeling uncomfortable yeah it, it just challenges you it, it probably yeah it's the same as with a deadline it always comes together for a deadline yeah but up until that point you just you know you just pedaling away at you know a speed you can pedal yeah and then when you've got that deadline that's when you push for the push for the finish and that's when you really i find deliver the the best work when you yeah so that, when you're pressure when you're pushing yeah pressure sort of makes you makes you deliver so you yeah. kind of seek it out by putting yourself in these positions a little bit i guess so i think i'm kind of inherently lazy so <laughs> i try not to but um every now and then if i know there's a project like this yeah. it's good to have a deadline and if it wasn't for cj and demi um from the festival pushing it probably wouldn't have happened for this festival either you know i'd have happily let it run right and you know done it next year or something like right, that. right right so, yeah so, so there's an element of that of like okay well if i put some new outward pressure in place then yeah. it'll drive me a little bit exactly yeah. yeah yeah have you always kind of known that that's how you work sounds pretty similar to how i work to be honest yeah but i think um, it's a lot how a lot of creative people work yeah um but yeah i've always on personal projects i've always worked like that yeah or found i work best like that yeah yeah you have to put in the late nights you have to you know get up feeling tired and get on with it and because you've got to deliver something in a you know a tomorrow or a few days time or whatever so yeah. yeah yeah so translate how long did that project take from from start to finish so presumably quite a long time then given the you know the self-imposed yeah so it well it sort of started out as a as a project in 2015 and it was to coin it was like a love letter to europe to coincide with the the vote in 2016 that was when i wanted to release it right um and it was to show europe the best of european surfing it wasn't a political film or anything it was just to show the best european surfing with some kind of wild cultural traditional things in the mix as well okay so that was the original concept that was the original concept and then can um, i just ask one more question did you did you have those um did you did you have an idea what that looked like at the time like the cultural parts like presumably what areas of european surfing you wanted to showcase did you already have those and you kind of yeah i had a list of um like surfers i knew liked hanging out with and were friends with yeah so i wanted to film them in their own locations um i didn't really want to travel as such with surfers um although it did happen a little bit but it was more about going and seeing local surfers where they where they are filming them at their their local spots or yeah. relatively local spots and then yeah these wild or traditions that cultural uh, reference points that i found a bit odd or make you know make europe what they are you know it's why was that important then it's noticeable in the film you know we talked about it last night and i'll ask you specifically in a minute about yeah. the one section that i'm thinking of yeah um 
but it really stood out because I think I said to you last night afterwards, you don't really see that in surf films because you know, okay, so there's this bullfighting sequence in there. It's quite long, isn't it? It's like you give you, what do you give it like three or four minutes? Yeah, got three or four minutes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember watching it. I was like, okay, this is this is like, um, I mean, I found it visually disturbing, really, you know, and. And I did. I came out. I was a bit pissed, and I was like, basically, like, what was that all about then? You know, yeah, like, no filter. But so, and it was interesting because you were saying, well, I did want to. The, the discomfort of it was was kind of the point, right? Yeah, I, th- I mean, the whole, the whole reason that was that was actually never part of the plan. That was just one of those things that happened. Um, I went to Pamplona to film the bull run or the bull runs um, over a course of a week, and a friend of mine was also in town because his girlfriend's from there Sancho who actually runs the San Sebastian Surf Film Festival okay so he was in town and we were hanging out and we ended up um, going to a bullfight and he was like just come and experience it it's not nice come and experience it we'll sit right at the top and we'll throw food at everyone below us, basically. Right. And we'll sing songs. Right. Like, and for him, for him, it was like, just, well, he, he's presumably part of his culture, so presumably he was... He, he was part of his culture, but he wasn't comfortable with it either. Right. But he was just like, uh, you know, everyone else is going along with it. Come yeah. along and it's... And see. This is, you know, this is what Pamplona is about, basically. Yeah. Um, so it was never... I never intended to go. And then when we were there, I was... Uh, I was horrified for a better word of like how brutal it was yeah um really comes across in the footage in the film yeah i think that's what i was kind of quite gobsmacked by like the way that you because you 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 made the matador look heroic presumably intentionally but it's it's actually what he's doing is obviously like not in the slightest bit heroic it's absolutely grotesque from where i'm you know personally my Mm. viewpoint and yeah it's like i it really brought home like the actual like incongruity of it you know it's like oh god that is actually just fucking grim you know and it it is and you try not to uh, personally i try not to judge like cultural things that i don't understand Mm. because i do think you know every every nation's got those things haven't they and you you know like you did it does behove you to try and at least experience it and Mm. understand it I think for me, I obviously was aware of bullfighting, but there was a. I remember the first fight that I saw, and I was kind of like, "They're not going to kill it, are they?" Like in front of, and they did. Yeah. And it didn't die quickly. No. Um, and that was the point. I was like, I need to come back with my camera and actually film this properly because it was just an instinctive thing that I felt I needed to do because. I had no idea it was like that and I'm sure there's other customs like you know fox hunting and everything which are equally happen all over um, you know various countries all over Europe Um, but for me that it was shocking how brutal it was yeah and I instinctively felt like I needed to film it even at that point it wasn't part of Translate but then as you say, I I ended up getting the expensive seats because that was the only seats left for the next day. Was it easy to film? Were they happy for you no, to film? No, they weren't it? happy. Yeah. Um, I had to get I a special wonder, permit. I did wonder about that. Yeah. And I was sat with all the bullfighting aficionados, so it was everyone was 
and it was like I was the second row from the front basically when I filmed that. Right. But I couldn't take a tripod in, so I got quite a long lens, yeah. and quite a heavy camera, and I was hand. Oh, it's all handheld that footage. Um, and I was kind of like, if I get anything, that's great. If not, but I had a permit to film because I had a media pass, um, but I wasn't allowed in the media section. I had to film from the stands. I had to buy a ticket, and it it was an expensive ticket in the best seats in the in the stand. But even then, it was hard to film, and everyone next to me wasn't happy that I was filming really? and sort of moving a camera around. Yeah, right. And I I think i left after a, a while it was you know I, I knew i'd got what i wanted yeah um but that was the other thing about making the bullfighter th- seem heroic was what also struck me was and i also went to see the bulls before the fights like before they do the bull runs and yeah they're, they're they're docile creatures you yeah know? of they're, course they're, yeah. they're they're goaded into what they do but the the bulls are they're half dead when this guy comes out in his fancy clothes and 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 fights fights it in inverted commas. It's, yeah. it's you know the, the you can see. I mean, what I really tried to show in the film was also the ball's got bits sticking out of his back. Yeah, spears. Have you read Death it's, in the Afternoon? Yeah, that was also one of the reasons I sort of wanted to see the ball yeah. runs. Well, I read Death in the Afternoon yeah. years ago now, and I nearly went after that because I was down. Yeah. I was down in. Um, uh, What's it called? Perpignan, Collioure. Because obviously yeah. in that part of France, they still have bullfights, don't they? Yeah. And yeah. I was, I, I, I was quite the same. I was like, I kind of almost want to go and see it, you know. Yeah. After reading that, because that's obviously, I mean, he's he's pretty pro bullfighting. Yeah, he in, is. in that book, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like this is the greatest art form yeah. a, a man can aspire to. You yeah. Know, after so, boxing and hunting. Yeah. Like, and I think that that influenced how I filmed it as well. Right. I tried to make it. The, the bullfighter seemed like the hero in it as well. Yeah. Um, but that's just the way. But the other thing with that whole sequence was, was I was very uncertain about the music that would go with it. And I gave CJ references and I said, I'm really not sure how musically to get this across. And if the music isn't going to work, it's not going to work in a film sense. You know, it, it just, if you if you if it's too happy everyone's going to think it's pro bill fighting if it's yeah. too sad people are just going to go well it's it's too you know it's, it's an anti bullfighting film which it's a surf film at the end of the day it's, yeah it's, sure um so when john cj gave me that sent the music across and i put it to it it was like I, this is actually going to work i yeah. can see how this is going to work and we also built a lot of space around it to give it space to breathe and yeah. build up to it um, as well and the actual the sequence before that um, with them herding the bulls on the hillside is actually from a different um, festival that's beautiful that, those shots yeah that's, so is that is that from Pamplona as well that's not Pamplona that was actually because even at that that was filmed last year right and that even at that point I didn't really want to use the bullfighting footage and translate but the I wanted more bull run footage because I was I just want the bull run I don't want the bullfight footage and that was I did a bit of research and that was one of the longest bull runs there is and it's right. through forests and on horseback and it, I think it was five or six um, kilometres from the bull holding pen through all the, the farm that rears the bulls through the forest to the town of um, I've totally forgotten it now 
um, I can't remember now, San Bartholomew maybe. Right. Um, not far from, sort of in between Pamplona and Madrid, sort of m- the middle of Spain. Right. So you said earlier that it was important to show, you know, to bring it back to the kind of the, the wider discussion. You you said it was important initially to have these cultural things, but, you know, there's a, you know, it's like, there'll be people wa- that will watch it and go like, what the fuck's that doing in a surf film? Yeah. You know, so how do you, how do you kind of address that? I think, uh, one thing that I wanted to make with this one, I wanted to actually make a surf film, um, but I don't think I'm the best person to make a fir- surf film um, because my eye's more drawn to empty waves and, <laughs> you know, waves that spit and yeah. know, all these things that are in, you know, nature, sort of, and th- that, interest me as much as someone drawing a beautiful line on a wave so we can really see that from your from your films you know earlier before we were recording we referred to your style because you do get i assume told you've got a style you know what i mean yeah yeah you you must see that a lot it's like i think the thing chris did with you in magic seaweed you know it's like very much like about style about um is is that part of it is that do you think that's where that thing comes from that visual language that you're known for i think so yeah 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 i find a bird flying across the sky skimming you know like i was in the outer banks last week or two weeks ago and the pelicans flying across the water just dipping and rising with the waves is is as beautiful as a a surfer drawing a great line so i mean i wasn't filming that but i was photographing them and ended up filming uh, photographing more birds (laughs) than surface yeah yeah and do you have you had to sort of gain the confidence to, to unleash that fully, if that makes sense? Um, I think so. I th- think, um, I mean, I was fortunate enough to um, work with really good people that have helped. Like CJ, he makes music that helps with, with that as well. And also some of my other films, we use the poetry from Dan Crockett. Yeah, yeah, I know Dan. Um, yeah. And that also lends, you know, that... that The boat's going, isn't it? Yeah, it's just starting to rise. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wow, my hangover's is worse than I thought. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, so, yeah, Dan makes beautiful words, which um, they, they, they work better with nature and other visuals other than just surfing. And what yeah. it references in the words, you try and reference in the visuals. So yeah. there's lots of things which... Um, I'm influenced by um, including the people I work with that have helped develop that my my visual style I guess yeah so you like the act of collaborating by the sound of it I do yeah yeah does that does do you when you start a project do you is that something you have in mind as well like the people that you're going to work with it yeah it will be yeah yep um I'm I mean CJ's pretty much uh, before I've even started thinking about a project it's you know he's sort of we're, we're talking about it before it's even a project quite often um on how we can record stuff how we can you know and and just like ambient sounds not of not just you know musical sounds but yeah. like the sound of waves or whatever um so yeah like and if if i think it's you know if we want to involve words in there as well getting a story or yeah. whatever get maybe yeah we start thinking about so you're quite involved with with the the approach of the soundtrack then by the sounds of it yeah it's, it's not just a question of like <coughs> right here's the idea get on with it you're you're very much like helping him achieve the, the yeah. kind of vision that you've got yeah i'm really 
a massive music fan. Um, the, the first thing I do in the morning is put music on, basically, and before the coffee goes on. So it's, but I'm not a musical. I wouldn't know where to start with a guitar or a piano or a set of drums. You know, I'm, there's not a musical bone in my body in that sense. But yeah, listening to music that's a real passion of mine. And so when we're throwing stuff backwards and forwards between me and CJ, yeah, it's it's a pretty hands-on process. And what's really nice is that when we're recording stuff, generally we record it live, and then it goes into the into the projects we do. Right. Um, okay. And so. I mean, this one's a, a, a. There is like, there is like a backing underlay of stuff happening with this one, but we, when we were in practices, we were, you know, check, in rehearsals, we were changing it and flipping things around, and yeah. oh, this might work or that might work, and it's a very collaborative process in the studio. As even, you know, a day before the premiere, it's it's changing. So yeah, right. So a film like this, which is you know something that you've initiated for for no you know it's it's a project and an artistic project basically yeah. you've and you balance that with you with your with your job which is so i mean how do you describe it like photography filmmaker and do you, do you have to balance it with commercial yeah there's commercial projects happening yeah is that is that what pays out. the bills like, it is yeah yeah, yeah. so because i think it's interesting to people like how these things Obviously, we've talked a lot about the creative process, but I say one part of it, you know, you have to finance it, you have to, and, and give to give yourself the luxury of having a project that you can work on for like three or four years, you know, it takes a bit of cash, takes a bit of resource. Um, so how do you, how do you balance that with, with the work? Is it a question of buying time with the, with the, with the other work? Yeah. I'm, I mean, with surfing, it's, it's been mainly winter trips. So, I set aside a few weeks every winter that I'm going to chase swells when, you know, when I've got the time basically. Yeah. And that's how this one worked um, over the course of, and the first winter I was free the whole time. So I filmed quite a lot or 2016. And then the following winters, I probably didn't film as much. Um, but then I made a trip to Ireland or um, the Canaries um but I sort of, yeah, just, it, it wasn't totally planned in advance, but I had a, a list of places I wanted to visit. And then I tried to balance that with my free free time um, to make sure I could do those trips. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into this then? So it's a pretty unique position you've carved for yourself, which is, you know, no, no easy thing really, especially in our little world. Yeah. Um, we... So, the, how I got into filmmaking was we. I made a film with a friend of mine, Mark Waters, and it was called Uncommon Ideals. Yeah, and it 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 did really well. It won several awards. It you know went to film festivals all over. We or I never we never expected it to to blow up like it did, um, and that led to to me starting to learn how to make films um because the next part because channel four came calling and wanted a film and mark basically wasn't available so i had to learn to make a film to right to, to to do to do this there's the outward pressure again exactly yeah so 
that and and oh to be honest throughout that whole stages like we i knew how to film at that point i could use a camera i could use a camera anyway before that but there was it was the start of that whole dslr filmmaking revolution sure so it just made everything so much more easy for someone who'd never picked up a camera and made a film before to pick up a camera and make a film yeah and that i was just that happened that dslr revolution happened at this right time for me sure. so i was able to pick up a camera and make a film the problem i had was editing and i learned to use a th so the film we made for channel four was called beyond the scars and i think that was i think i used final cut to to edit that one but i edited it and the whole deal with channel four was that they would finish the edit right but actually when i sent them my edit with the music from cj they never made any changes to that they, right they screened it as it was so after that i was kind of like okay if it's good enough for channel four then i guess i can make a film so i mean that's pretty pretty punchy you know to to give yourself that that pre you know like basically oh channel four we're gonna do a film not really knowing what you're doing you know in the in the kind of classical sense as in so was that was that a concern <laughs> uh, it was a concern <laughs> and i i also i thought channel four would re-edit it and make it more you know b b um, nice nicer is that the right word i don't know yeah well um, you know it's like that whole gatekeeper permission thing isn't yeah. it you know like all oh, right well they're presumably going to do it because they know best kind of thing yeah but i mean at that stage i i mean i was working full-time well, still freelance but full-time as a graphic designer in agencies so I, I didn't even at that stage i didn't really have anything to lose you know if the sure. filmmaking didn't it, it even at that point it wasn't a career um now if channel four came asking for a film i'd probably be more scared than i was back then right yeah, yeah cuz you yeah so does the design um background have an influence on on the way that you approach this definitely yeah i think graphic design is a great it gives you a great um core in the creative you know anything creative it gives you a great um what's the right word like a base yeah a grounding a, a grounding yeah yeah in anything creative you just there, there's kind of a rigor to it isn't there you there know, is and there's a set of rules that you yeah. kind of with typography and uh things like the the, the rule of two-thirds applies and yeah things like that which is transferable across photography and filmmaking it, it'll develop an aesthetic won't it whether you like it or exactly. not basically exactly yeah. yeah so there is that just wish designers were a little bit more opinionated about what they <laughs> <laughs> what they thought about these things <laughs> so that so that kind of was where it came from the you know the, the the sort of yeah like the ground in the the sort of visual exactly yeah. apprenticeship if yeah. you like and the fact that i can design a, a title as well stems back from that as well which yeah um is it's just using basic graphic design rules so you, so you, that was your day job essentially then as a designer yeah and you were working yeah. for agencies yeah i was working when i made the films i was working for agencies before that i was um when i finished studying i was working in in cambridge at the time for an agency and then i moved to amsterdam and started working with o'neill yeah so that kind of gave me an insight into the surf industry right and then I left there to go freelance 
um, in 2009. Uh, as a designer? Yeah. yeah. Right, as a graphic designer, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what was that, yeah. working in, in the surf industry or like a bit of a mix? I When I left, I, I was still working in the surf industry. I was still doing a lot of work for O'Neill for the first few years. But it was, I wanted to come back closer to home. And we, I was working in ad agencies in Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield. Yeah. Doing everything from bus adverts for lawyers to right. supermarket branding. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was okay for a while, but then after after a while, I was like, it's, it's, yeah, it's okay. It's good money, but it's not really for me. I want to do more something else. So I think when the film thing did kick off, I was already looking for, um, you know, I was looking for something else. Yeah. I always thought when I left O'Neill, I would be more be working freelance in the action sports industry right and it it just it didn't it didn't really happen like i thought it would yeah so. yeah i mean it's it's a kind of closed little circle in a lot of ways that isn't it well yeah. I, and not in, as in it's like it's just it's just not that much work really there is yeah you know it's, yeah it's, I, I don't really mean it's like a cliquey thing it's more just people do tend to keep it in house don't they yeah. and, and in Europe there's not as much as there's probably more in the States and yeah. Australia but in Europe it's pretty and and what I have done for surfing in, in the surf industry generally goes back to the US to get signed off so yeah. it's yeah it's they're, they're not the European part of it they're not pulling the strings from what I've from what I'm aware of yeah yeah yeah. So what about yeah. surfing? Where, where was where was that when that came into your life? So surfing, I was like about fourteen when that happened to me, and I was just on a family holiday in in Cornwall. Saw surfers and asked my dad if I could have a go. Or he yeah. bought me a little polystyrene board and flopped around in the waves for a few years on some holidays and that. And then I bumped into a couple of friends or the local surf shop it was more of a canoeing shop or a windsurfing shop back home but there was a couple of lads in there that surfed and we got chatting and I got kind of dragged along on little surf trips by um, you know when I was 16 year olds by you know guys that were driving and going down the coast and all yeah. up the coast where so were you brought up? so I was brought up in Cleethorpes okay which is in the mouth of the River Humber yeah I know Cleethorpes okay yeah, yeah. yeah I've got a good mate from Cleethorpes oh nice funny yeah. little town but yeah 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 I mean you know classic like industrial north that's lost its industry it's lost its industry <laughs> really yeah. isn't it yeah. you know it's yeah. a bit of a yeah bit of a theme up there isn't it yeah yeah so so you were presumably traveling a bit up the coast yeah so we used to we used to go to Scarborough a lot of the time that was our go-to spot basically right um, but it wasn't until I I kind of moved away after I came I mean I was surfing quite a lot we were doing surf trips and whatever but it wasn't until I came back from O'Neill which ironically I probably surfed less whilst I was working at O'Neill than I did at any point previous in my life yeah um, but the yeah when I came back it was quite funny actually because Whilst I was in uh, working on it, my boss actually bought me a magazine. I think it was Carve, and was like, "This is where you're from," and it was these pictures, these left-hand slabs <laughs> or a point break just going off. And I was like, "Oh my word, these are from the northeast." And and then so when I came back, I was like, "Where are these?" You know, like to some of my friends, and we, you know, 
So like, oh, I think it's here and here. So we then started going and we'd surf some of the heavier waves like Caton Point and yeah. um, some of the, the, the points around Scarborough. But then we started going further north and hunting some of those out and yeah, started surfing those. Yeah, there's a little homage in the film, isn't there? There was a little one, yeah. Yeah. The Davis am section. I, am I allowed to <laughs> mention that? Um, yeah, Owen was like, that's Gabe's wave. So funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's great though. Yeah, when did you film that? That was, well, there's again, there's a few sections that was filmed. There was probably, I filmed there three times over the, um, to start with, I wasn't going to put the Northeast in. Um, well, I mean, you, mu- you, kinda, you must have had to though, right? If you're going to try and represent That's these. what I came round to yeah. the, the feeling. And th- the other thing that's, but people come up and film the Northeast, um, but they, they generally will film one session. Yeah. Um, so you either see it at its best or it's, you know, it's two foot and they, they, they want to film it because they're there. Yeah. Whereas, when you go in regularly, you get to see um, it at different stages, and I kind of only film it if it's really good these days. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll I want to surf it. So <laughs> I, I mean, I want to surf it when it's really good. But yeah, sure. When it's yeah. really good, it's a bit out of my, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's you, yeah. You really, it is proper, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a silly thing to say because obviously it is, but that that section, you know, I mean, Gabe's. It's like the best surfing in it, you know. It's it's, it's incredible, isn't it? You so forget stylish. how good he is. Yeah. He's you know, so stylish out there. He'll it's, be like that now. Yeah. Fuck off, lad. But <laughs> no, it's great. I really, I really enjoyed it. And Sandy's in it as well, right? Yeah. Sandy gets a couple of waves. Yeah. 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 So uh, did you did you do that approach for for a lot of the different sessions? Because there's the Eileen's bit, which is obviously from a few different sessions yeah. as well, right? I made, must have made three or four trips to Eileen's as well um, to, to 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 get that. Um, and again, I mean, there was one trip, a couple that we went and we didn't film it at all. You know, it was, it wasn't right. It was, it, it, it wasn't really breaking right. So we went somewhere else and we just surfed. And there was a few bummed out trips like that. Yeah. Um, but there was never any moments where it was like, this was a waste of time. And every trip I went on for Translate, I got something out of. Yeah. But Ireland's really special because I obviously have hung out with Mitch and um, Matt and Fergal up on the farm at Moyhill in yeah, yeah. So I've sp- spent a lot of time with them guys, and I always yeah love going back to Ireland. And yeah, I've not um, been for a couple of years actually. Yeah. And we we were saying when we were watching it like it was pro- one of them in the pub afterwards. Everyone's like, we should go, we should go to Ireland again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll hate me for saying this, but when Ireland's is on everywhere else is on as well so like <laughs> there's I've there's got no amazing ways I've happily just watched that yeah <laughs> me too because <laughs> Owen was saying he surfed it and uh, didn't you know didn't get a wave was terrified the whole time yeah basically it's like yeah that once is enough it's yeah it's it's a heavy heavy wave yeah, yeah. but again yeah. you know like the the shots of Ferg in there you almost forget how good he is yeah, you, yeah, you know, and he's making it look like it's sort of waist high, isn't he? It's, it's he's just cruising out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. You got Fanning in there as well, right? Yeah. Um, one, I went out there with with Nick uh, Von Rupp, and yeah, Fanning happened to be there, so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's such a good surfer. Yeah. He's you know, and but even even 
he's getting you know beat downs there and I was also there when Shane Dorian was there as well right that was probably um the the best surf I've seen out there really that trip yeah but that was I didn't have that wasn't for this project I can't remember which project I filmed for but um it was for something else and that was probably the best waves I've seen out there but right. I was speaking to him you know we were chatting in the pub afterwards and he was just like that is that's one of the best waves I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's coming from which, which from, is from Shane Dolly. High praise yeah. indeed, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So what's next now that you finished this one? Um, got got something else. There's, I want to put a bit of time into trying to get this on a little tour, maybe. Yeah. Trying to get I really do the live thing. I'd really like to get the live thing elsewhere. Well, you've, um, set, you've set yourself that that bar now, haven't you? Yeah. Before before yesterday, I would have probably been happy if there was only one live thing yeah <laughs> just because but then afterwards you kind of like actually it really worked and so oh, it, was, it was great yeah. i mean i can see how you would now feel almost like it was a bit underachieving not to try and continue that yeah you know? yeah I th and a few you know from yeah i think the live part adds so much to it that you've it'd be rude not to you know and you want people to see it with that live part of it because it's it's integral to it you know it's not going to be the same on a computer screen i don't no, think not or at all a, yeah yeah so how yeah. do you finance a project like that um i don't <laughs> right it, it's literally you know it's out of our savings basically you know right kind of yeah or what i've if i've got a bit of spare cash yeah true uh, true passion can, project yeah totally yeah i've i've tried to get it funded um i think beforehand people just don't get it when you say you're going to do a live thing like the brands are just like nah sorry Mad, it's just it baffles me that just because you know there's so much shit out there like I, yeah. I, i'm you know whatever but in terms of like what people do yeah and spend money on totally that, yeah you know there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of rubbish you know it's the way of the world isn't it yeah. but it just seems a shame that there's not it's not seen as commercially viable enough to to spend money on really yeah. it's a it's, it's really frustrating and like all the la all the guys leanne um, it's a little bit different for leanne because she's sponsored by vans so um she gets helped out but the other guys cj charles and ollie they're, they're also doing it for for fun you know it's in london where they live so they don't have travel costs but it's it is like a passion project for them as well they want they wanted to do it you yeah know, it, we didn't have to you know bribe them or <laughs> anything yeah, yeah. like that you yeah. know they wanted to do it and oh you can see the the love that they'd put into it as well you yeah know? like in in terms of the performance and and the you know you see the work that got into that yeah definitely yeah um yeah. so what but i've you know i watched it and i also thought especially going back to like the the the, the that bullfighting scene we were talking about i kind of wondered if you if you'd ever done any documentaries or or ever considered like doing some more like sort of straight reportage stuff yeah I, uh, I've worked as a DP on uh, documentary stuff before. Right. I've never made my own documentary. Well, not really, not a proper one. Um, just little bits and bobs, but it it is on the radar. Yeah. It's. It. I think that's probably where I'm heading. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed. It seemed like a a logical step yeah watching that last night yeah i think again like uh filming situations like that your instinct does come in and 
getting the shot becomes like the most important thing in that moment and yeah. you do fight your corner to get that shot um even though at the bullfight the, the there's a woman behind me telling me to leave right and, and i'm like I'm, i just want to film the rest of this you know this fight and then i'm done and then i'll leave and she's you know literally pulling me out she's a punter no she that was a woman because the comp- the punters had complained right at that point um she's like the the kind of the, the 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 pr yeah the woman sort of a whole or the person holding the the, the turn you know letting you into the thing sure um, yeah and i showed her my pass and everything she was like no you've got to leave um but you do fight your corner yeah in that moment and i was like look as soon as this fight's finished I, i'll leave you know and I, I got the shots i wanted at that point yeah so you it does constant concentration goes all into that one moment yeah um of getting that one shot which in your head you're like i need that you know i, I might not have needed it but yeah at that moment and there's been a few moments like that in the case of making translate making filming the cultural events where i am like just fascinated by what's happening and all my energy just goes into that yeah sure that one moment yeah well speaking of passion projects you know obviously you're really involved with backwash as well mm. presumably he's another lost leader <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> um so tell me a little bit about that i have obviously had no run here before and we did talk about it um, yeah so you've done two right we've done three you've done three yep okay so you did the uk we did the uk japan japan and ireland ireland okay yeah i must have known that so have yeah. you got another one coming we are working on another one um we've had, had a bit of delay are they annuals basically or do you not even put that much of it we they started out as annuals there's been probably a two-year gap at the moment um because it's a lost lead you know no it, it's a passion project there's five core members and we've all got jobs we've all yeah. got lives and that's what's kind of happened at the moment. Dan, the editor, has just had twins. Um, James has just had a baby. Noah's just set up a cafe. Yeah. So at the moment, we've all been, I've been working on this yeah. you know, project. So everyone's had different priorities. Um, but at the moment, we're, the cogs are starting to turn again. So hopefully in the new year, there'll be more concrete news on backwash number four yeah so how does that work how do you split it is it quite traditional sort of you know you've got an editor a photo editor that or, or do you just divvy it up a bit more um we do have that kind of structure it's it is a little bit looser than that though um but it's yeah in so dan's the editor james's photo editor um noah's sort of doing the social media matt's kind of a general manager as such um and uh i'm sort of a creative director i guess sort of uh and then there w- we had david beckett who did the design of it yeah um, the original design and f- he did the first issue and then i've taken it on from f- from his templates basically since, right. since then so you've been you've actually been designing it yeah so the wow. last three last two issues i've yeah put together so yeah right yeah I mean that is a that is a big thing to do, you know. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It's it is a lot of work, and it's it's deceiving how much work it is. Because even uh, like the you you get you get everything together, and you think right, we're nearly there. Yeah. And 
it changes last minute. It's, you know, the day before print, you're still sorting colours out, typefaces out, you know, all the nuts and bolts that you don't think about to make a print-ready file. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's us that are, that are doing that. And do you do you fund it with ads? Is it is it that kind of yeah? Well, because obviously it's a bit of a weird time for print media in in terms of how you finance it. Yeah, the idea was to make a magazine and do an online thing, a bit like what everyone everyone else's sort of platforms are going towards. Yeah, but between us, we don't really have that passion for updating a website constantly. And we've tried and we've moved it around and everyone's sort of responsible for it. But when we're between us, we're just not that interested in another website. Well, it's just another almost business model, isn't it? We yeah. Can go without sort of overstating it. But it's kind of like with my thing as well, like with looking sideways. I'm always think, and people quite often listeners are always a bit like, oh, you know, you could do more, you could do you could have a whole website and blah blah and I'm a bit I'm a bit like Jesus Christ like I just can't actually be asked doing that yeah, you know because yeah. it because it is just another whole you could say that couldn't you oh yeah we'll just I'll just update the website or I'll do a blog or whatever yeah or in my case people are like do a YouTube channel yeah, like, yeah, yeah you should just it. film them all it's like yeah. Jesus Christ okay <laughs> it's just a lot of work isn't it yeah, it's yeah. Like, I think it's actually quite nice sometimes just to be like do you know what yeah do the mag's enough yeah exactly yeah yeah so yeah it's there's another one coming hopefully so um and do you have the theme do you know what it is we don't yet um yeah we're yeah i'm gonna keep that under wraps yeah because we don't know basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've got some ideas but yeah yeah Yeah. so where are you are you based abroad or are you based in the uk i'm based in the uk okay but there's a lot of traveling presumably there is a lot of traveling and but a lot less than there was a few years ago at the moment because obviously you've got a young family i do have a young family yeah so how 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 do you find balance in that uh i mean i have a very supportive wife um who helps me uh with with that side of things going away but i also i think i've broken it twice but i have a rule that i don't go away for more than 10 days so I'm never I always get to see the kids yeah and when I'm at home I'm I'm pretty hands-on as well if I'm editing or working from home I take the kids to school we ride to school I go and pick them up as well right um and so when I'm at home I do see a lot of them yeah um and when they go to bed I generally jump back on the computer for you know a couple of hours work as well yeah so you're quite disciplined at kind of Kind of. You said because you said you were lazy <laughs> earlier, which was interesting because he certainly doesn't. I think people listening to this are going to be like, "Doesn't sound that lazy," <laughs> you know, with the projects and yeah. it sounds like a busy life. It is a busy life. There's never any point that very rarely do I sit down and watch TV or yeah. Um, I mean, my grass is knee high. You know, I, yeah. It's 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 one of those things. I yeah. There's always something to do. I think. When I say I'm lazy, I'm probably looking for an easy way out of... I'll let a project run and run and run until I have to deliver. Yeah. You know, I won't cut the grass until the neighbours complain, basically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It sounds like you... There's a drive at work, you know, you, you internally that you find these things, these projects. I th- yeah. I think you've got... 
for me, I've got to keep challenging myself. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, what, 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 what's that all about then? What do you think? Where do you think that comes from? I don't know, really. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just like. I've always made, kind of made stuff. Right. Um, I, I used to make book my own books. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. Right. So like, as in binding them. Binding them. Yeah. Um, as in the physical object. Yeah. Like a right. Like that's interesting. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Again, it was when I was at graf- in the, the the college at graphic design. I I met two printmakers. And because I was well into screen printing, right? Um, it was that whole when I was at when I was at college, you know, people like Shepard Fairley and Banksy, yeah, and all those guys that are hugely famous now were just coming through. You know, you're just starting to hear about them, yeah, and that influenced the how we you know influenced us massively you know, right how we worked and and that so i got really into screen printing for a few years right and and that led me to when i left college i found a print studio that i could go and do my own screen printing and there was two guys there um that that taught me how to book buying basically so we used to screen print and then take those and make them into books right so, so it, was the, it was the process that you enjoyed. Yeah, of, of like, like this gluing and the stitching. Yeah, and, it's, and, very, it's very analog. In the it's very analog in, in, it, in the hateful s- modern phrase. Yeah, <laughs> and it's very. Um, it's easy. It goes. You've got to be quite dedicated to it. Cause yeah, it, sure. Yeah, it, you can't. It's. I mean, practice makes perfect of anything. But yeah. like, the first few books were really scruffy looking. But at the end of it, you can make really. I don't know if I could now, but like, right, y- you can make really neat bound books, you know, yeah, beautiful like little pieces of things. I've still got some of them on my shelves, but yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, you, so you've always been somebody that kind of finds these interests and likes to explore them, yeah, as fully as possible by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's led you to pretty always trying to find a personal project to dip my toes into. Yeah, so it's a curiosity thing, do you reckon? I think it probably is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do get bored as well um, of things. Up until I was a freelancer, I think I changed jobs every, you know, two or three years. Right. Um, sorry, as a freelancer making films um, and photography. But that it, this when I was a freelancer as a graphic designer, you're just doing graphic design work. Whereas as a, at the moment, I'm doing every now and then I'll do a graphic design project, then I'll do a photography project, and then yeah. as a as a you know, I get commissioned for a film or whatever it is. So it, everything changes and every film project, it's different. You know, I'm, it's, it might be my personal project. It might be a cycling one. It might be, um, f- you know, for a car company or whatever it is. Every job is different as a filmmaker. And that's, I think that's really interesting for me. Yeah, because you do a lot of commercial stuff right these days. I, yeah. Are you quite choosy about, about those? <laughs> Um, it depends on the bank balance. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's but a, joking, but it's, it's a very important yeah. <laughs> consideration, yeah. isn't it? Um, s- yeah, I, I'd like to be more choosy, but yeah. I, to be honest, I don't get most of the work that comes my way is really nice work. I yeah. don't get very rarely do I get jobs. That I'm like, oh no, I don't want to do this. Yeah, um, it's just a fortunate place to be in. Do you have to pitch, or does it come to you? 
generally it comes to me word of mouth um whenever i run out of work normally it's it's all or nothing you're really busy and then there's nothing and then yeah you're like oh i'll, I'll update my website or i'll send this email out to these agencies you know refresh yeah. them we'll dust off the backwash website exactly you, you know exactly. i mean you do yeah. those things don't you yeah yeah and then a couple of weeks go by with nothing and then you're like it's you know how how i'm going to pay the rent this month and then you then that pushes you to to find work if it doesn't knock on the door basically i always think um, that's like the biggest skill in freelancing enjoying giving yourself the permission to enjoy those times because otherwise you end up you know it's it's quite a weird mental health state all that you know you end up when you're busy it's really stressful and you can't wait till you've got some time off and then when you get your time off you're just really worried about the fact you've got no work exactly yeah. but it's just such a completely natural part of of being a freelancer and you know i always just think if you can early on just be like you know what it doesn't matter work will come because it is inevitable like if you work hard enough and you and you're good at what you do you will get work yeah you can just in, try and enjoy it the, the, yeah yeah it's quite a quite a useful thing i think yeah definitely it, not easy though it's not easy at all and it doesn't get any easier either like no um I th- I, it wasn't last year it was the year before i think i went from january to may without a job and it was just like yeah i mean that's, that's what's that's going on that'd be punchy <laughs> yeah for sure yeah yeah well, I got I got one more question for you, if that's all right. Sure. Um, which is, what what you're proudest of? Because you've described a lot of. Um, I'm going to say creatively, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you described a big body of work, like a huge, diverse area of interests. Um, yeah. What you know? What 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 are you most stoked on? Um, it's a hard one, actually. Um, I'm. I am main mostly proud of the surf films that I've done. Yeah. That's like I mean if I could do them all the time that would I think that's it sounds daft but standing on a cold wet reef in the snow is at the time it's not that enjoyable <laughs> but when you get the footage back and you're like wow that wave was bonkers. Yeah. That that it's a hardship to make those films at times. And out of all of them, it has to be translate because it's the first time I've made a f- a full uh, full length forty five minute film um, th- that yeah I was I was really worried about until yesterday and then to, <laughs> to, to everyone you know say yeah that was really cool you know thanks for showing that that makes it really worthwhile well you um, set yourself a pretty high bar there you know like because you can say I'm going to make a surf film but as we've been describing with this kind of outward pressure thing you know you, you, you've obviously it seems like every time there's a new thing you are looking for ways to you know make it more interesting slash challenging you yeah. know to push yourself seems like that's quite a, quite a, you know quite proactive in that area so I can completely see why you know like to actually pull that off and and it must be quite satisfying like yeah quite cohesive yeah. you know yeah because i mean it's looking back it's it's kind of almost harder to make a really good short film because you've got to cram so much into such a short space of time yeah but to be able to hopefully hold an audience attention for 45 minutes is it is a more daunting task um 
and watching that last night, I was probably more nervous than of watching any of my other previous films. Yeah. Um, and also knowing that there's only me and CJ that have seen the film through from start to completion before last night. Right. Um, even some of the the band might have played along with it, but they're concentrating on the music and they're not actually watching it. Right. As, as in the way that me and CJ have watched it. So to, yeah, so to know two people, like even I've not shown Paula or the kids right. or anything before last night. So, right. yeah, that was, yeah, t- to see that through was 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 nerve-wracking but yeah it was it felt good so where can people see it for listening um we need to figure that out (laughs) (laughs) um we kind of uh, rushed last night through to make it happen in time for the 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 london surf film festival we don't have a plan going forward but we will have a plan and hopefully it'll involve some more live events in the near future a festival or a location um hopefully in europe um america australia that would be the ideal situation yeah no we don't need to do lots but like a handful of events so that people can see it there will be an online version um and there's so much footage that hasn't been used like you know I think at one stage I just for the Irish section I think it was I had two hours of footage which was my right the 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 stuff I wanted to use yeah yeah I mean that was waves from start to completion but sure um, so to condense that down to five or six minutes is is yeah so there might be some other short films off the back of it as well but right. at the moment I'm going to take a breather yeah and try and sort out some more live events yeah Nice, man. Well, thanks for doing it. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for taking the time to chat to me. Awesome, man. So there you go. That was me and Chris. Hope you enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed that conversation. It's always something of a relief for, well, for me, when you sit down to interview somebody and realise within the first five minutes that it's going to be just really nice and relaxing. That's definitely how it was with Chris. As I'm sure you heard, um, I don't really know when it's being released and neither does Chris translate that is but when it when it is released i do employ to check it out and if you haven't already then check out his back catalogue while you're at it you can find a selection of his work over at chrismclean.format.com so what are you waiting for go and check it out so housekeeping corner and first up i want to mention the newsletter actually um guessing most people that listen to this regularly realize that i'll put out a newsletter each sunday with the five things i think are worth sharing each week Now, this one is going out to many, many thousands of people each weekend, but I can't help but notice, again, that there are many, many thousands, and and I'm literally talking thousands, of people who've obviously signed up and then not clicked the link to confirm their address. I mean, whatever, really. It's a newsletter at the end of the day, and we're all going to, the world's going to keep spinning if you don't get my newsletter every week, but if you have gone to the trouble of signing up, you might as well do the next bit too. Just thought I'd put it on your radar anyway because I do get a lot of messages from people saying, I've signed up and I'm not receiving your newsletter. That's probably why, you big douchebag. So click the link and get yourself confirmed. Thanks to everybody who's been in touch with kind words about the 100 episode double header. 
really great response from all over the world, to be honest. And it prompted me to have a gander at the geographical spread of listeners to the podcast for the first time in a while. Probably won't surprise you to hear that my biggest audience in the UK, followed by the States and then Australia in third place, which is nice. Hello down there. But start to scan further down the list. And there are some pretty random loan outposts out there. Shout out in particular to my listeners in Tonga, Laos, Kazakhstan, Macau, and the surprisingly high number of listeners in Saudi Arabia. Who knew, eh? Anyway, that's you. Glad to have you with us. Send me a message. Tell me how it's getting on over there. What else is going on? Well, me and Owen Toza are off to Portland for the next omnibus in a matter of weeks, two weeks as it goes. Yeah, the flights are booked and we're going to head over there for a week. I've got some work to do for my day job. And then, yeah, we're going to tick off a few podcasts. Thanks to everybody who got in touch on Instagram with suggestions. It was a big help. Got some good guests lined up, so I'll keep you posted. All right, that'll do for now. I'll be back next week with more of the usual. Um, Enjoy your week and I'll see you then. Nice one. (laughs) 